Hi, you're listening to Taming the Terminal Part 25A of N, IP Subnets. This series of discussions is based on a collection of tutorials I wrote over at bartb.ie forward slash ttt. This originally aired as part of NozillaCast episode 500, hosted at podfeet.com. I'm Bart Bouchatz, and the other voice you're about to hear is Alison Sheridan, host of the NozillaCast podcast. Okay, I got my propeller beanie out uh, two weeks ago. You said to brush it off and get it ready because we're going to yeah, tighten it up. Yeah, have it wound up. up there. That elastic needs to be good and tight. All right. Okay, so we are moving. So the last time we did a Taming the Terminal, we looked in detail at the Ethernet layer. So at layer one of our four-layer stack. And uh, this week we're moving up a step. So we're heading up to IP. And so just a reminder that the four layers are, you have the link layer that gets one packet from one computer to another computer on the same network. Then you have the internet layer that gets one packet from one computer on any network to another computer on any other network. And then you have the transport layer on top of that, which takes meaningful streams of data between any two computers. And then finally, the application layer is where like the HTTP and the email and all the things we actually want to do hang out. So where does so, IP layer go, or where does IP go? What layer is that on? So that is the second of those two. So the internet layer is for getting one packet from one computer anywhere on the internet to another computer anywhere else on the internet. Okay. And obviously that's the one that makes it possible to have TCP and UDP send meaningful streams of data the next layer up. So in the IP layer, it's probably no surprise to anyone that IP addresses are king. <laughs> okay. Uh, an IP address, for anyone who's not familiar with it, is we generally see them written down as four numbers separated by full stops, or periods, as you guys call them. <laughs> and each of those four numbers has to be between 0 and 255. So an IP address can't have 356 in it or something like that. I like to as explain IP see- address as being like uh, your house address. I, I can refer to this as Allison's house. But nobody knows where that is unless they know the address. Same thing with a computer. You don't know that, or a server, you don't know it's uh, bartb.ie unless you know the IP address. Right. And we're going to look in a future installment, I'd guess probably around about 30, um, at the magic that makes that possible, which is DNS. But we're not, right. we need to climb up the stack a little bit more because DNS sits up in layer four and we're still in layer two. We haven't way, managed to get a packet across yet. Total non sequitur to make sure we don't make our budgeted time. If you go into Google <laughs> and you just type IP, it'll tell you your public IP address. Oh, that's handy. There's also cute? what's my IP.com, which. I've always gone to IP Chicken, but all you got to do is Google. Chicken? Oh, yeah. IP okay. Chicken's awesome. I mean, it's just, it's got a chicken. Who tells you your IP? <laughs> yes. Okay. What's wrong with that? It no tells thanks. you it tells you what browser you're using and a couple other things and advertises razor blades. So, yeah, a lot of these services are just there to make to, they're just excuses to put up ads, really. But hey, that's fun. It's got a chicken. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's it's good. So an example might be one nine two dot one six eight dot zero dot one. Now, unlike MAC addresses, your IP address is not hard coded into your network card. So a MAC address is burnt in, but an IP address is not. So it has to be configured. And uh, historically, that was a manual process. You would have to figure out an IP address and a few other bits of information and type them all in, and then your computer would talk on your home network. And usually it wouldn't because you did something wrong. Or at least that was my experience. In the modern age, we have the luxury of something called the Dynamic Host Configuration Protocol, or DHCP. And I'm just going to mention its existence today because that's how your computer has magically got an IP address without you ever having to think about it. Next time, we're going to look at how DHCP does its magic, because, of course, it's not magic, it's just technology. 
But for today, we're just going to mention that that's how, how the settings we're going to see have arrived. They, didn't, they weren't made up by your computer. They were made up by your router and given to your computer. And this is the part where I get a chance to yet again uh, mention that I actually know one of the authors of DHCP. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was a it friend of mine well. I used to work with. Although DHCP suffers from the same thing Ethernet suffers from. There's no security at all. <laughs> well, it's pretty old. I know. It's, it's Again, it's from the age of, oh my God, it works. Wow. <laughs> oh, simpler times. Now, you can't just pick an IP address. Okay, so there are a finite number of IP addresses because you have 255.255.255.255. You multiply it out, it's millions, but it's not infinite. And uh, so those names are managed, or sorry, those IP addresses are managed by the rather... Interestingly named, Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, better known to everyone as ICANN. Right. So ICANN assign blocks of IP addresses to people who need blocks of IP addresses. Uh, You, me, none of us really are likely to own any IP addresses, so what we end up using is a special, there are three special blocks of IP addresses that are designated as allowed to be used on private networks. And so just about all of our home networks use one of these three available chunks of IP addresses. And so they are 10.0.0.0 all the way up to 10.255.255.255. That is a spectacularly large range. There's the almost never used 172.16.0.0 to 172.31.255.255. And the one that routers not made by Apple love... 192.168.0.0 192.168.0.0 up as far as 192.168.255.255. That's interesting. Why why don't they use 172? It's kind of a... It, it, I think you'll understand why later, but I can't tell you why now. Okay. It's not completely nonsense. Okay. Also, the 10 addresses are the prettiest. The 192 addresses are the most common. Um, right. You may also come across two other blocks of IP addresses. There's the 127.0.0.0 all the way up to 127.255.255.255, and that's all reserved for the loopback address. Now, that's a complete total and utter waste because almost every computer has a grand total of one loopback IP, 127.0.0.1. So we have wasted millions of IP addresses because when we made this up years ago, we never thought there'd be so many people looking for an IP address. Yeah, that's a lot wasted. It is a big lot wasted. Another fairly substantial amount of wasted addresses are the 169.254.0.0 up to 169.254.255.255 addresses, which have been wasted basically by Microsoft. Those are the ranges for self-signed IP addresses. Why is that Microsoft's fault? Who else implements self-signed IPs? Well, what do you mean? If I mess up, if my router doesn't actually uh, make a connection to the internet, I'm going to get a, one nine, a 169, so I'm not touching Microsoft. Do Macs do that too? Oh, yeah. Okay, I've I never think. seen my Mac do it. I thought it was something that just Windows no, did. No, 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 I've definitely seen it. I remember, okay. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember looking in the network control panel and seeing a 169 going, well, that means I don't have an internet connection. It does, actually, and it, that is indeed the takeaway. We have skipped straight to the takeaway. If you see one of those, something's gone wrong. <laughs> That's really the reason I'm mentioning them. Okay, so the whole what IP gives us above Ethernet is the ability to move from one network to another network to another network and basically to send one packet across the internet. And so this act of figuring a way from here to there is known as routing. 
And the vast majority of the heavy lifting and routing is done by routers, unsurprisingly. And as such, it's not really something we're going to talk about in this entire series. It's it's really cool, and it's very interesting if you're curious, but I don't think it's it's a topic for us. Okay. However, each and every device that uses IP does a teeny tiny amount of routing all by itself. And that teeny tiny amount of routing can be summed up as one question. Is the destination IP address for the for this packet on my local network or not? And so every time your computer sends an IP packet, it has to answer that question because that tells it how it should treat the packet. So if the answer is, yes, it's local, then it sends it direct. So it uses ARP, like we talked about last week, to turn the IP address into a MAC address, and it sends it direct to the destination. If the answer is no, this is not local, then it uses ARP to find out the MAC address of your router and hands the packet to your router and then leaves it for your router to do the routing magic. Oh, I think I think I, I missed a, a step there. So you're saying if the IP address I ask for is external to the network, that's when it, it says, okay, go to the router and send it out. Exactly. So okay. is it local? Yes. Then find the MAC address and send it myself. Is it local? No. Find the MAC address of the router and send it to the router and let the router deal with it. But you have to be able to make that decision or you cannot communicate over IP. And being able to make that decision is actually what this entire segment is about. Oh, okay. Because being able to make that decision is actually asking the question, are you on my subnet or not? That's what it means to be on a subnet. Do I need a router to get to you? Oh, okay. If we share a subnet, no router needed. If we don't share a subnet, router needed. And so really, a subnet is just the IP word for a local network. Say that one more time. So a subnet is just the word that the IP protocol gives to what we would call a LAN. Okay. It's a bunch of logically related IP addresses that can talk to each other without the help of a router. So, a subnet is a collection of IP addresses, but there's a little more to it than that. So for a subnet to work, all of the IP addresses on that subnet have to share an Ethernet network. So they all have to be able to talk to each other without the help of a router. So you can't have one Ethernet, one IP subnet spread over two Ethernet networks. Well, you, uh, no, I'll say you can't. However, so you might think, well, that means, okay, so there's exactly one subnet for every Ethernet network. But that's not true either, because you can have lots of IP networks sharing one physical network. I'm losing this. You're this losing apparently me. has some subtlety going on here, but I'm, uh, it's turning into word jumble for me, I'm afraid. Okay. So last time we learned that using the magic of switches and hubs, that you can send an Ethernet packet around all any computers that are physically connected together or are being connected together by a little Wi-Fi radio called a wireless access point. And as long as an Ethernet packet can make it from one to the other, then they're on the same Ethernet network. Right. An IP subnet has to share an Ethernet network. Everyone who's on the subnet has to be able to send an, an, an Ethernet packet to everyone else who's on the subnet. Okay. It seems kind of obvious, but all right. Okay. It is kind of obvious, but I just thought we should okay. state it. Okay. However, you can have multiple IP addresses, multiple IP subnets on one Ethernet network. Multiple IP subnets on... Oh, okay. Sure. Sure. Right. So you could have two logical networks on one physical network. Okay. Sure. You might have a small business. Yeah, you could have. Yeah, exactly. You could have one set of IP addresses used for one thing, and a completely different set of IP addresses used for something else. But rather than having two sets of everything, 
and two wires. Just run them all on the one wire, and that's perfectly fine. Okay. However, home users, it's a one-to-one mapping usually. So, in order to figure out how all this magic happens, we need to realize that those four dotted things that we're used to seeing, so we're 192.168.0.1, they're called dotted quads, by the way, that's their official name. Those are actually not really what an IP address is. Those are the human-friendly representation of an IP address. What's really happening is that IP addresses are 32-bit binary numbers. Hmm. So they are 32 ones and zeros in a row. And I have done the math, and I can tell you that 192.168.0.1 is 110000... (laughs) Please don't read that out. (laughs) No. So we, we know that every IP address is 32 ones or zeros long. And to make a subnet, we arbitrarily choose a point between 0 and 32, and we draw a line and we say, we're going to say that everything to the left of this line has to stay the same in my subnet, and everything to the right can, can vary. And we can draw that line anywhere, but the point is we divide those 32 bits in, into two halves. They're not halves, they can be any size, into two parts. If we put the dividing line way, way, way close to the left, then you're going to have like millions of IP addresses in your subnet. And if you put the dividing line way, way, way over to the right, you're going to have like four. So you've got to sort of pick, you know, am I Enron or am I on a home network? <laughs> I will tell you whether you want a gigantic subnet or a teeny tiny subnet. Um, I'm, I lost you. So I'm looking at the binary number that's got a mm-hmm. gazillion characters there. And you're saying where I divide that, changes how many IP addresses I have, but I only get from 0 to 255 in each of those um, uh, quads, right? You do in each of those quads, but remember, the quads are an abstraction to help us humans. In reality, those quads are meaningless. What actually matters is the binary, and you can split it anywhere. But how can I split... I I still can't make a... a, um, I want to call them quadcopters. I I still can't... uh, split the dotted quads up any differently than up to two fifty five in each in each quad, Actually, right? Actually, you can. It just means that the it means that it doesn't make it doesn't. You can't see what's happening at a decimal level. I, I'm hoping it will make more sense in a minute. Okay, I can. But you can, I can draw take the line anywhere faith. because they really are binary numbers. So you really can draw the line anywhere. And so, all machines on an IP subnet share the first n num- parts of their IP address the same. So they all have the same starting point. And then the last bit wobbles about. And how much you let wobble and how much you're forced to be fixed determines the size of your subnet. Okay. So 192.168.0.1, 192.168.0.2, they share an awful lot in common, so they're likely to be on the same subnet. Okay. Now, ultimately, all of this comes down to some mathematics. So, right. But the way we say where to put this imaginary dividing line, the way we, we, we tell the computer where the line is, is by specifying something called a net mask. I've heard that word my whole geek life, and I have no idea what the net mask is. Good. That's, the net masks are really what we're going to talk about today, because net masks are what make the magic happen. Okay. So a net mask is a way of representing where you've chosen to draw the line. And the net mask is also saved as 32 bits of binary. And there's a rule on a net mask. And it, you can't just pick any 32 bits and call them a net mask. There's a really, really strict rule. 
It has to start with all ones and end with all zeros. And at the point where you, go, where you switch from ones to zeros, that's the dividing line. So if you want your dividing line way close to the start, you might have 16 ones and then 16 zeros. If you want your dividing line on the other side, you might have 24 ones and 8 zeros. But our imaginary dividing line is defined by how many ones and then how many zeros in the net mask. Okay. So we, so we have two binary numbers, an IP address and a net mask. Right. Store those away. I'm now going to, we're now going to do some very, 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 very simple Boolean algebra. Sorry. So I need to, okay. I, I say I need to teach you. I know you know this, but we're going to go through it anyway. So there is this concept of an AND operation. Mm-hmm. And an AND operation can be defined by a, something called a truth table four lines long. So zero and zero is zero. Zero and one is zero. One and zero is zero. One and one is one. That's the rule. Okay. So we take our IP address, that's 32 ones and zeros. And we take our net mask, that's 32 ones and zeros. And we do an and. Okay. And every, single, every single computer on the same subnet as you will get the same answer. Hmm. And if you get a different answer, they're not on your subnet. And that is actually what your network card is doing. It is doing that little simple bit of binary math. So I have the source and I have the destination. I take my MAC address and myself and I get an answer. I take my Mac, my net mask and the destination IP address. If I get a different answer, I have to give it to the router. If I get the same answer, I can send it directly. And I know I've lost you. And I know, I, I know I've confused people. Uh, so let, we're going to use examples to pull it back together. So I like said, how you know me well enough that if I'm not saying anything, it means I'm, I've got a really weird look on my face. Right. So I'm going to tell you an algorithm we are going to use. So if I am a computer and I want to send an IP packet to another IP address, and I have to figure out, are you local or are you foreign? I know my Mac, I know my IP address, and I know my net mask, and I know the IP address I'm trying to send to. They're my three pieces of information. Okay. Yeah. Let's actually ask a simpler question. I should have read ahead, sorry. Do you want me to let me put no, a no, pause no, here no. for oh? no, no. we're going to answer we're going to answer a very important question. Are two computers on the same subnet? So you're gonna have right, so you may ask yourself, I have my computer. And I have Steve's computer. Are they on the same subnet? And the way you would answer that question is by saying, Steve, tell me your IP address and your net mask. And ask your computer, what is my IP address and my net mask? If the two net masks are different, the two computers are definitely not on the same subnet. So why do I have to do that and thing? Ah, what if the two, mac- what if the two net masks are the same? Right. Then you, see- you have to go further. Oh, okay. So, so the first test is, are they the same? If they're not the same, you know they're not on the same network, but if they are the same, then you've got to go a step further and do the, uh, the, the and thingy? That is it, exactly. So then you, so there's only one net mask in play, and so you do an and between your IP and the net mask, and you save the answer. You do an and between Steve's IP and the net mask, and you save the answer. If the answers are the same, congratulations, you're on the same subnet, you can talk directly to each other. If the answer is different, you need a router to get between yourselves, and some stuff may not work the way you expect, but we'll get back to that now, later. In, in my work history was where I saw a lot of net mask stuff flying back and forth, mm-hmm. not knowing what it was, and it was always 255.255.255.0. 
that's a really common one. So that first test is sort of like you might get lucky and it be the same or different and get the answer quicker. Well, we'll get back to those nice friendly net masks that have zeros in them. <laughs> they're nice, and we'll see why they're nice in a minute. I forget. Did you already tell me where the, how the net mask gets assigned, and I missed uh, it? DHCP gives it to you. DHCP gives it to me. In other words, your whoever runs your router has configured your router in a certain way, maybe the default it came with. Okay, so um, Apple has, defined it uh, for me. Correct. Yes, exactly. Okay. So Apple defined it for you. Okay. And it's probably 255.255. <laughs> yeah, and it's probably three 255s and then a zero. Okay, so this is probably where uh, the the fascination of the topic breaks down on the local, on the home network but becomes more important in the real world. Okay, so we're going to get back to those nice friendly ones with zeros because they rock. Okay. And they're easy. But before we get to the easy, they're a special case. Okay. So before we get to the special case, I'm going to give you general relativity and then we'll do special relativity later. <laughs> okay. Okay. Beanie's getting tight. Yeah, no. Let's get practical. So I am going to define three computers as existing. Computer A has the IP address 192.168.0.3. Okay. With a net mask of three two five fives and then two four eight, and that is a legal net mask. It okay. has no zeros, but it's perfectly legal. Okay. Computer B is the same IP address, but a five on the end. Okay. So dot same three net mask. and dot five. And then the computer C is dot nine, but with the same net mask again. Okay. So they all have the same net mask. They're one ninety two dot one sixty eight dot zero dot three five and nine. Correct. So the question okay. is. Do these three computers share a subnet or not? So the first step is we got to change them from these human readable 192 blah blah blahs into their ones and zeros. Okay. I, I'm going to ask you to take it on faith that I know how to do that. No, and take me through the math. I want to go through every digit. <laughs> <laughs> you you can, actually there's loads of converters online and the algorithm is not difficult, it's just tedious. Okay. Um, so I have done the conversions, and you can see them in the show notes, and I really would like you to look in the show notes because I've done them in a fixed-width font so they line up, because that's important, because this is all about patterns. that are, Our human eyes will just see the pattern and go, ah! Oh, okay. So we have our three IP addresses, and as you could probably guess from the dotted quads, when you put them into binary, they look very similar to each other. Right, right. It's just the last few bits are different. And then we have the net mask, and it's almost all ones, and just three little zeros in the end. And I've perfectly chosen a small net mask so that when I go break it down later, I don't have to write out thousands of lines in my table. <laughs> okay. So I have intentionally picked a small network. Your home network is probably bigger. So if we do our math and then we do the three answers, we can see them below. So IPA and the net mask gives us one string of ones and zeros. IPB and the net mask gives us another string of zero, ones and zeros, and IPC and the net mask gives us a third. And what you will see when you're, again, fixed with fonts, you look down through them and A and B are identical and C is different. Hmm. So A and B share a subnet. C needs a router to get there. Oh, wait. Uh, oh, 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 I'm sorry. I just realized. So at the beginning, we said the net mask was the same. That's 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 the case where you look to see is the net mask the same and it says yes, then you must do further math. And this mm -hmm. is the further math. Yes. So here so our net mask for everyone, everyone's net mask is the same. It's three two five fives and two five two four eight. 
Okay. Okay. So, so when you apply that net mask against those IP addresses, you get the same answer for A and B, but the third computer gets a different, what is that final number called? Uh, it's just the, it's the net address actually. Okay. What it is. When you, okay. when you take an IP address and it with a net mask, you get a net address. Is so, this the whole purpose of the net mask or is this a byproduct yes. of the net mask? No, no, this is the whole purpose. A net mask, IP plus net mask equals net address. If your net address is the same, you're on the same subnet. If your net address is different, you're not. That okay. is actually what's going on in one sentence. So, we can see that A and B share a network, but C does not. So let's write out all of the IPs between 192.168.0.0 and 192.168.0.9 and our net mask, one under the other, so we can watch the pattern. And to make it clearer what's going on, I have added the imaginary divider in as the pipe character. Huh, so right. If you oh, look so at the it's visually easier. So it's visually obvious. So if you look at the very bottom line of the table, you can see that the pipe character is where the ones go to zeros. So our net mask is lots and lots of ones, imaginary divider, three zeros. Okay? Okay. And then we can start to look up. So from IP 0 0.0 all the way down to 0 0.9, and what's happening? Well, 0 0.0 and 0 0.1 and 0 0.2 all the way up to 0 0.7 are all exactly the same as each other as far as the imaginary line. Right. After the imaginary line, they're all different. Okay. 8 and 9 are not the same as all the others. Okay. They have a 1 just before the imaginary line where all the others have a 0 just before the imaginary line. Right. Therefore, they are not, they are aliens. They are not on the same network. If you're on the same network, you are identical up to the dividing line defined by your, by your net mask. So in our first example, they were identical, identical. Now you're talking about identical only up to that magic separator? Right. So I've included two IP addresses that are not part of this subnet to show you what happens. No, but I mean, in our previous example where we had networks A, B, and C. Or okay, so A, B, and C are all in this diagram. So A is three... B is 5, and C is 9. So you can see that A and B have the same. So they don't have to be identical. No, they are identical up to the imaginary dividing. But when you did the math up above, they were identical, identical. The entire, every digit okay, was the, the same. Okay, that's the and. The and is identical. So I'm just showing what the and means. Okay, lost you. So we did the okay. end and we got this big, long, giant number. Now you got a different big, long, giant number? Well, how'd you get this one? Okay, no, no, those are not big. Those are just the IP addresses written as ones and zeros. No, There's no, no, no. math. No, you, you, so you have a line, and I apologize for those who aren't okay. looking. No, no, it no. really will help to look. You, you gave us the ones and zeros for their IP addresses. Then you yes. applied the net mask. Yes, with the and. So that's, with that's the and. The, that, those are the numbers in the three... And networks A and B came out exactly the same when the net mask was applied with the and. Correct. They're, they're identical. Yes. Now you're doing something else because they're no longer identical. Okay. They're identical so, up to that line. Okay, so what I'm showing in that table is not the result of the ands, it's just the raw IP addresses on the raw net mask. And what you can see is that that and being the same, what that really means is that the first bit is identical. There are two ways of seeing the same information. So you can do the math or you can look at the picture. If you do the math, you will find out that from 0 to 7 are the same. Or, being humans, we can look at, just look at the IP addresses written down as 1s and zeros, and look at the MAC address, and we can get the same result by looking at the patterns. 
no idea what the difference between those two tables are, Bart. Because okay, <laughs> okay. So what I have written down in the bottom table is just the IP address. I've done no math. I've just written down the IP addresses as ones and zeros. Oh. Okay, I thought you were saying that about the upper one. I was like, no, it has a net mask on it. You're talking about yeah. the lower one. Got you, yes. got you. Okay, got you. So the lower one is the raw data. And so we humans can actually look at the raw data and see what's going on without ever doing the math. But of course, computers do math. So if the last three digits are different, but every other digit is the same, then they're on the same subnet? Assuming your net mask is three zeros in the end. If your net mask was different, more of you would share the same subnet. So imagine that dividing line. Imagine if I move that dividing line over by one. Mm -hmm. Then the net mask would get four zeros on the end. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I could have lots more variation on the end. Oh, oh, that's what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, a little little light bulb flickered there. Right, so there there I get, right now there's eight addresses in my range. Eight times eight is 64. If I move that over by one, I'd get 64. If I move it over by two, I'd get 64 times 64. It gets exponential pretty quick. Okay. So every click over, you, you square it. Click over, square it again. Click over, square it again. Huh. Okay. So the reason I did both is because the math is what the computer does. Are they the same when I do the math? Yes, therefore they're the same. But humans work much better on pictures. So the table is to show the humans what the math means. I like it. I like it. Light bulb fully, fully on. Phew. Okay, that is actually the single most, that is the one thing I have been most worried about the entire time of the terminal series. <laughs> well, I'm glad I got appropriately stuck for a while so it showed it was hard. <laughs> this, is, this is the peak. It's easier from here. Okay. And that goes for the entire series. <laughs> oh, oh okay. over the top. So now that we know that we create a subnet by making this imaginary dividing line with our net mask that's just a load of ones and then some zeros, inside a subnet, what's going on? So I'm going to take the same subnet, the one we get from 192.168.0.0 as the network address and 255.255.255.248 as the net mask, which is conveniently eight IP addresses long. That way I don't have to write a big table. Okay. So, the very first address in every single subnet, no matter how big or small it is, is not for you to use. <laughs> right? All these worlds uh, are yours except for I.O. Right? <laughs> exactly. So the very, very first address in any subnet is called the network address. And that becomes important later. And you may not use it for a computer or any other device. It is verboten. It is off. Not allowed. The very last address is also verboten, but for a different reason. The very last address is called the broadcast address. And if you send an IP packet to that IP address, it is sent to every single IP address in the subnet. Yeah, okay. That also becomes really important later. What's to keep you from picking that address when you're saying, I want a static IP here, and just saying, I'm going to use that one? Assuming your operating system was well-written, it'll go bonk and say, oh, no, you don't. But if it wasn't well-written, it may let you, and then nothing will work. Well, it's not in my OS. It'd be in my settings for my router. Only if you're using the HTTP, in which case your router will go bonk. Really? Your router won't let you type in an IP address 345, or your router won't let you do something wrong. Huh. Okay. Because your your router knows how IP works. And if you're tell your router garbage, your router will go, nope. Well, in the you example you've given, it's a, that, that broadcast address is at 192.168.0.7. That seems like it would be real easy to run into, except for you using kind of an odd net mask. Right. So the broadcast address only, right, you can't look at a broadcast address without looking at the net mask. 
to see which one's the, the broadcast address. Right. So yeah, it does not mean that on every network on the planet, that address is verboten. It just means that if my netmask is 248, I may not use that IP. If my netmask was 255.255.255.0, then I could use 7. Okay. Because it's not the last. So it's not that the IP is magic, it's the combination of the two. It's the last network, it's the last address in a subnet that's important, not the specific IP. Because if we move our imaginary slider about, we can tinker with that to our heart's content. So it's first is not allowed and the last is not allowed. Interesting. Okay. I, I think I'm starting to get this. Now, I could never recite it later, but I think I'm starting to get ah. it. Well, I, we're, we're going to tie it all together in a picture. Okay. That maybe you're going to want to print out and hang on your wall. That's a, <laughs> I'm so hopeful, right? I'm hopeful that you're going to want to. I mean, it's the kind of artwork anybody would want, right? right. Now, we have left something really important out, not in terms of the complexity here, but in terms of humanness, right? So we are looking at these net masks as these horrible big one, 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 zero, 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 zero. That's not practical, right? So we need to find a short way of writing them. The good news is we have a really short way of writing them. The bad news is we have three of them. <laughs> no one decided, right? There's only one way to write an IP address. So you'd imagine there'd only be one way to write a net mask. But for some earthly reason, computer science decided we needed three. And annoyingly, the terminal uses one and the OS X system preferences uses another. So I kind of have to tell you all three. I'm sorry. Okay. So the easiest to remember is the one that looks like an IP address or the good old-fashioned dotted quads. Okay, so the first of them is the dotted quad. We know that one already from IP addresses. That's easy. The second one is bloody annoying, and it's the one that OS X uses on the terminal. I wish it didn't, but it does. <laughs> so you can write binary numbers. You're like a, a string of ones and zeros can be shortened if you take every four ones and zeros and convert them to a hexadecimal character. Now, hexadecimal characters are 0 to 9, A to F. So you break those 32 ones and zeros, divide by 4, gives you 8, yes, gives you 8 hex characters. So you can write a net mask as 8 hex characters. If, in case you care, R1 is all 5 Fs and an 8 on the end. 7 Fs and an 8 on the end. By the and, way, just as a quick interlude, I've always found it fascinating that you can write these with uh, hexadecimal characters all with the left hand for the characters. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's coincidence, but I always found it handy. <laughs> it's a pure coincidence because it's just the first six letters of the alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, F. Yeah. Pure coincidence. <laughs> anyway. Um, one small thing to say, in computer science world, the number zero followed by a lowercase letter X is the universal symbol for I'm about to talk hex at you. <laughs> So when you okay. see it in the OS X terminal, it will be 0x and then your f's and so forth. Oh, yeah, I have seen that. I didn't know what that meant. There you go. So zero. whenever you see 0x, think, ah, they're talking hex at me. The final way of doing it is the shortest of all and the one I wish everyone would use. So okay. if we look, scroll back up, right, to our netmask, it's a load of ones and then a load of zeros. The shortest way to write a netmask is to count the ones. Okay. So a net mask can be represented as one number between 0 and 32. So if you see a net mask as just 24, that means 24 ones and eight zeros, which happens to be 255.255.255.0. Oh. In other words, the one you know so well is slash 24. Oh, nice. And 
255-255-00, which is also common, is 16. Ah. So they are the three ways of writing an IP address. They're not horrible, except for the hex. Hex is evil. <laughs> um, for completeness, I've stuck into the show notes, um, the table to go from 0 to F in terms of binary. Mm-hmm. I don't expect people to learn it off, but I... So we don't have to I'd... print that one for our walls. No. <laughs> so how do you represent a subnet? You represent it by writing down two pieces of information with a slash between them. Network address, which is the first IP address of the subnet, forward slash the net mask, which means you can write it in three ways. So the example we've been using all along can be written as 192.168.0.0 slash 255.255.255.248, or the, my favorite way, 192.168.0.0 slash 29. Twenty-nine zero, twenty-nine ones, three zeros in the end. Or the way I hate most, but the way OS ten will insist on doing it: one nine two dot one six eight dot zero dot zero slash zero x f f f f f f f f f eight. I always thought that was color because isn't a bunch of f's just like either black or white? Uh, all f's will be white if they come in sixes. Then it would be HTML colors. Yeah. <laughs> so ultimately. An entire subnet can be represented with an IP address forward slash a net mask. And that represents universally a subnet. All right. And we have run low on time, which... Do we have five minutes to get to the picture I want you to print on your wall, or do we stop here and be a real tease? Well, I I say we go for a tease, because uh, it, it, we're at 50 minutes, and, and uh, I, th- I think we should tease it, Bart. We should it's tease a nice, it. It's a nice chart. Okay, in that case, the way I'm going to end is this. We have now learned what's really happening, right? It is this binary and operation going on. Right. And I told you we could, any amount of ones is allowed. So in other words, a slash one up to a slash 27, they're all allowed. But in the real world, they fall into a subset of very common ones. And they're really friendly ones that make your life easy and make you not have to do binary because... (laughs) They work by always using even numbers of fours, basically, so that the decimal quads that us humans like map nicely to the binary so that we never have to use the binary. And so one of those is our 255.255.255.0, but there's two more. And what I have done is a flowchart where you can look at a MAC address. Sorry, not, I keep saying MAC address. You can look at an IP address and a net mask and answering yes or no questions, find out if they're in the same subnet or not, purely by looking at them written out in the nice decimal form. Oh, cool. Except we're not going to show it to them yet. Except we're not going to show it until next week. (laughs) Okay, and then what I will say then, so we're going to take it a step further next week and... No, I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope people can remember for two weeks because uh, this was a tight one, but uh, the show notes are spectacular. Uh, if you guys aren't following them over to bartb.ie and looking at part 25 of N, that kind of thing, you really should be doing it because uh, it makes a lot more sense when you, uh, when you look at this too. There's also another bonus if you look at the show notes. You get to see what I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, oh no. People are going to go see the picture. They might print it early. anyway congratulations again on 500 that's such a spectacular uh, achievement and uh, please don't pod fade anytime soon (laughs) thank you so much bart absolutely could not would not have done it without you no doubt well thank you i don't believe you but thank you (laughs) okay well until next time i suppose i should say happy computing really shouldn't i oh go ahead and say it then okay (laughs) until next time
Happy computing. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Taming the Terminal. Remember that all of the information you've been hearing is available as text tutorials at bartb.ie slash ttt. If you'd like to contact us, you can write to allison at podfeet.com or podcasting at bartificer.net.